welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that looks at the inspiration, intention, action, and choices that you can make to bring more joy into your life, into the world, and into other people's lives. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to episode 251 here on Jumpstart Your Joy. This week's episode is going to be a little bit different because we're going to be talking about how we can embrace anti-racism. And I know that's a big topic and it is an important topic. So we're going to look at some of my thoughts as a white middle-class American woman and look at it from that lens. I will share some of the recommendations that I have and thoughts that I have on anti-racism and what we can do. And then I will also share some action steps that you can take if you're wanting to make some change in your own life. If you are new to the show, I encourage you to check out more about Jumpstart Your Joy. It's a podcast that's been around since 2015, so I'm almost in my sixth year of the show. And most weeks, we jump into a topic that's all about someone finding joy in unexpected times and difficult situations. And I look at the inspiration, intention, and action that you can take to unpack joy in your daily life. Now, as the events of the death of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, along with countless others, has come up and ignited a fire in the United States, which is where I'm at. I'm in Northern California. If you're looking to find me somewhere, I really felt like it was important to not stay silent on this topic. It would be easy. And sadly, many people are posting something and then moving on, but that is not what felt right to me and not what was on my heart. I didn't feel like I could go on and just jump into the next episode after taking a break and act like nothing had changed because I feel like even as the coronavirus changed everything for so many of us, that this this piece about race and racism in our country and the world has also had a profound effect on so many of us and that as a, a white person that wants to show up in imperfect allyship, I really need to speak to it as well. But if you want to find out more about Jumpstart Your Joy, the website is jumpstartyourjoy.com. And if you want to find out more about this episode, you can find it at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash anti-racism. And that's where you'll find the show notes and the links to the many people that I will reference, especially at the end of this solo cast. And you can find some resources there to dig in and do a little more work if there's something in here that has inspired you to do that. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I believe that the pursuit of joy is not easy. It's definitely hard work. Many of the interviews and past solo casts are all about joy in hard times, difficult situations, and how people have chosen that joy, even when it seemed like the most improbable choice. If you're familiar with my own story, and you can find it back in the archives, you'll know that I feel that joy came looking for me during one of my own hardest times. And once I embraced that joy, everything changed. But this week, this is not about me, and it's not about my journey. It's about speaking up for something that I just can't remain silent about, and that is racism. Before I talk about it, though, I want to make it clear up front that I'm speaking to the white people in my audience. This is me speaking up about racism, and that's from the white upper middle class, <laughs> cisgendered, college-educated lens. 
I can't speak for the Black experience in the United States or anywhere, and I don't feel that it's appropriate to do that. But if you're white, let's let's talk, because I think it's time. It's past time. So here's the deal. On this show, as you know, I talk about inspiration, intention, and action to bring more joy into your life. It's it's in the intro, inspiration, intention, and action, and you've already heard me mention it probably three times. And over the past two to three weeks, especially around racism, it's become very clear that these three steps also work for some other very important things too. So let's talk about inspiration for a minute. Inspiration is when we are in spirit or inspired and when we feel deeply moved or touched or like we can't ignore something any longer. And it goes the full realm of expression and and emotions. So if you've been moved or touched, outraged, brought to tears, if you've cheered for the toppling of awful statues that were put up in tribute to slave traders, if you're brought to tears by the death of George Floyd or Breonna Taylor or other Black people, inspiration here is saying, don't let it stop with your emotion and your outrage and your anger and your sadness. Don't let it stop there. That fire that's in your belly is you. It's you being in spirit and inspired. It means that something has touched your soul just as it has touched mine. It means that you know something is wrong and you know that it has to change because there have been too many deaths of black people and that is just not right. If you've felt something about a topic that's important, and I don't want this for it to be another time where white people stay quiet about it for whatever our reasons are, that outrage, that mourning, that pit in your stomach, that's you being moved. That's, that's you feeling inspired to do something. And so then we move into the intention part. What I want for myself and what I hope that you'll do is that you'll set an intention that you now know and can recognize that it's time to overhaul a system that oppresses people based on the color of their skin. I want you, I'm going to do it to set the intention to do things differently. I'm going to set the intention to watch where I see racism come up and dismantle it the ways that I can. Because it's too easy to sit there as a white person feeling secure. And if you have felt safe and content and like you don't need to worry about being wrongly accused of something you didn't do, that's where you're benefiting from systemic racism. And it's a tough thing to look at and own and sit with. I know it. I've sat with it. It's vulnerable. It's uncomfortable. And it feels shitty as hell. And on the other side of it, acknowledging that my skin's my skin color, something that's given me preferential treatment. I'm going to vow to do better, not just be inspired to do better or just intend to do better, but I'm going to take the action to do better. And that's what I'm hoping you will hear and take from this episode, that it's not just the inspiration of being outraged and angered, and it's not just the intention of wishing things were better, but it's that it's actually taking those steps to make a difference in a world and use your privilege for good. So here are the things that I'm going to do. I'm going to learn about racism and systemic racism. I'm going to learn about how the country was founded and how that happened. I'm going to learn about how the Civil Liberties Act came about. And I'm going to step in and learn about what I can do to dismantle racism in my own way. 
Back in October, when I went to She Podcast Live, which if you have listened to the show, you know, was a very impactful event for me. I had the honor of seeing Erica Corday uh, do a presentation about imperfect allyship. She is a Black woman, and her podcast is Pause on the Play, and I'll link up to that in the show notes for you. I want you to go listen to it and check her out. She's pretty amazing. She brought up this idea of imperfect allyship. And what it means is that you stand up to dismantle racism where you see it, and you know that you're going to do it imperfectly. Because one of the things that starts to come up when white people step into this work is that we feel vulnerable, we're not sure what to say, we don't want to say the wrong thing, and oftentimes this just shuts us down. And the point here is that I own that I'm going to make mistakes all along the way right now. I'm going to say things that when I know better, I know I won't say the same way again. I'm going to take the steps to having the conversation like I am in this podcast episode. I'm going to start speaking out. I'm going to use my voice. I'm going to be an ally to the Black community. And so I encourage you to embrace the idea of imperfect allyship if you're feeling like you don't know what to say past guest Sarah Von Bargen sent out an email a while ago about a friend that was having a really hard time. And Sarah mentioned that she didn't know what to say, so she didn't reach out to this person. And after a while, a year or so, I think the, the friend emailed her and said, Sarah, you didn't have to know the perfect thing to say, but it wasn't okay to say nothing at all. And I feel like that's where we are collectively, is that it is, we don't know the right thing to say, but it's time to say something because it's not okay to just sit silently and say nothing at all. Another piece that I have been doing and that I find very interesting is back when I was at She Podcasts, I, my friend Mallory and I stopped by Martin Luther King Jr.'s house and I bought a book there called Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community. And on page 12 of this, I want to read to you what Martin Luther King Jr. said in the um, summer of 1967, he says, first, the line of progress is never straight. For a period, a movement may follow a straight line and then it encounters obstacles and the path bends. It is like curving around a mountain when you are approaching a city. Often it feels as though you were moving backward and you lose sight of your goal. But in fact, you are moving ahead and soon you will see the city again closer by. End quote. He's reflecting on how progress sometimes feels like you can't see that you've made progress, but in fact you have. And I bring this up because I know in addition to being an imperfect ally, it might not always look to myself and it may not look to you for yourself like you're making progress. But I assure you that when you start to dig into the work and you start to pull apart the racism and, and the racist lens with which we all see things as white people, that you will make progress. And it's a little bit like the Grand Canyon, I imagine, but slowly over time, water wore through all those many layers of rocks. And after what, two billion years, now there's an amazing canyon. Now, I don't think it's gonna take us that long, but it's that idea that you'll wear away at the things that you see from a racist lens or that as you're dismantling racism, and that you will eventually make change and you can look back and see how far you've come. The other thing that I have learned in the last couple of weeks is really about impact and intent and how they are two very different things. 
If you have set the intention to dismantle racism and you are heartfelt on that, it's time to check your impact and your intent just because we say something and our intent is that it was to be helpful and supportive to someone, but a black person or a person of color does not take it that way, or it landed for them in a way that was hurtful or rude or based in white privilege, then it's time for us to listen and learn and hear that person out. We need to listen when a black person is offering feedback on something. Whether they're saying it loudly or not, it is our job to listen. If you or I have offended someone and and they tell us that, regardless of our intent, right, even if our intent was to be good and helpful, but it does not land that way, it's our responsibility to apologize and to make, to look for a way to make it right. And the same piece around impact and intent, if in this path, some of your white friends are saying they want to be an ally, it's on us to offer other white folks (laughs) constructive feedback in a way that they can hear it. If you and I see that someone else has said something that could be constructed or that might land in, in a way that is harmful or hurtful to a black person or a person of color, it is on us to deliver that message. And I would ask that all of us look for ways to deliver that message in a way that the person can hear it. When you make it, comments that inherently have an undertone that someone else is doing it wrong or that they are not thoughtful, you're doing everyone a disservice. If we are looking to educate and teach others about how to dismantle racism and talk about it from a meaningful way and help others on their journey, it's on each of us to approach people in a kind and loving way to help dismantle these things instead of coming at it from a place that sounds like you're doing it wrong. I'm asking you to look for ways that you can provide feedback to other white people from your experience instead of from a point of advice that points them in a better direction. And that's something that I'm watching myself on as well. Something else that's moved me in the last couple of weeks is something that I first saw on Tiffany Hahn's Instagram feed, but it is by Ashley Island. And she says, say what you need to on social media, then put down your phone and pick up your life. Not many will see you learning, confessing, repenting, uprooting, retooling, forgiving, inviting, empowering, but we will see its fruit. The hidden work is the heart work is the hard work. End quote. Let me repeat that. The hidden work is the heart work, is the hard work. And as you move into this space of trying to unpack things that have a very long history in this country, I want for all of us to make it okay that when you're doing the work around dismantling racism, that it's okay for it to be something that you are doing quietly for yourself as an internal project. When we're working through the heart stuff and the hard stuff, we need to be able to do it behind the scenes. I know there's a lot of people that are out there and loud about it on social media, but if the way that you're working through it is, you know, you're working through like Layla Saeed's workbook or you're reading your emails that you get from Nicole Cardoza, and I'll put these links at the end in the show notes, it's okay if you're processing this stuff 
and the work that you're doing on yourself is behind the scenes. You can also still show up as an ally and speak up for people and be sure that your commentary is aligned with your intention and your actions. The heart stuff is the hard stuff. And it's okay if it's things that you're doing behind the scenes that are slowly changing you over time. And then you can reflect back on the journey and share it with people. You don't have to share what you're processing right now in the moment for other people to see. The point isn't to make a public display of making the change. That's when it becomes performative and you haven't had time to process through it. The point is that you take the action, that last step of inspiration, intention, action, that you make the change and that you do what it takes to, the, to make that change. So here's what I'm committed to as we move forward. I will be supporting Black women in the podcasting and coaching space, and I will be paying them for their work. I'm going to be doing my own work on becoming a better ally and breaking down racism as I can in my own life and world. And again, some of that will be quietly behind the scenes doing the work I need to do. And some of it might be me sharing it with you all in this format or on social media. And I'll also be monetarily supporting those working to dismantle racism in various ways. Some of the women doing the work that I encourage you to check out, I mentioned Erica Corday. She's the one that talks about imperfect allyship. And she has a podcast called Pause on the Play. Rachel Cargill has a Patreon and a community where she shares resources about how to dismantle racism as a white person. Trudy LeBron has great resources for coaches and has a recorded training that you could go watch right now. Nicole Cardoza has an anti-racism email series that started on June 3rd of 2020, and you can subscribe to that. It has daily topics about what you can think about and act on, and I found that to be very helpful. And Layla Assad is the author of Me and the White Supremacy, and she also has a podcast. I will link up to all of those in the show notes so you can find them. Also in solidarity with my friends and fellow podcasters at She Podcasts, I'm going to read this to you. We are podcasters united to condemn the tragic murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and many, many others at the hands of police. This is a continuation of the systemic racism pervasive in our country since its inception, and we are committed to standing against racism in all of its forms. We believe that to be silent is to be complicit. We believe that Black lives matter. We believe that Black lives are more important than property. We believe that we have a responsibility to use our platforms to speak out against this injustice whenever and wherever we are witness to it. In creating digital media, we have built audiences that return week after week to hear our voices, and we will use our voices to speak against anti-Blackness and police brutality, and we encourage our audiences to be educated, engaged, and to take action. And you can find a long list of resources that have come out of the She Podcast community, along with the ones that I mentioned just a minute ago, in the show notes, in your own journey in addressing racism. So thanks, you guys, so much for tuning in this week. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen and tune in and join me on this and join all of humanity as we 
build a society that allows all of us to be free and all of us to be equal. We can't do it unless we all do the work. So thank you for joining me in it. If you want to find out more, if you want to find show notes on this one, again, it's jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash anti-racism, all one word. And I hope you'll come back next week because we're going to jump into more of the parts, more about joy and playing small and how you can really engage heart and courage in the role of playing small in your life and how that really brings a fullness to what you do in a new way. So I hope you'll come on back next week for that. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.